Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Hey, I'm glad to have you join us today on our Faith Baptist podcast. And today I want to talk to you just a little bit about this this shallow life we're we're living in. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too many years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, when missionaries went to the mission field and they hugged their loved ones goodbye, assuming they'd never see them again. Um, I've heard stories of people who packed their belongings in coffins because the countries they were going to didn't have coffins and they knew they would die there, and so they brought their own coffin. The stories of missionaries um, like Amy Carmichael um, and, and many others like them that would spend 30, 40 years, 50 years on the mission field with maybe one visit home, they understood this idea of denying themselves. Now, your society that we're in today, it is certainly immersed in a me-first kind of thinking. And it's a tragedy uh, because Jesus promised those who seek me first are going to lose their life. John 12, 24 Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You know, these are farmers used to speak and do and take that little grain of, of wheat and plant it in the soil. The moist soil begins to deteriorate and erode the, the husk and the shell protecting that seed. And that seed literally has to die. And if it dies, then it'll bring forth the crops. But if it abides alone, taking care of itself, it will be alone forever. Jesus followed up that statement, explaining that was the illustration. Now the truth, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth, or he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Um, you want to lose your life and all that's, that's precious to you in this world. Just live selfishly and you'll find yourself very empty and very alone. Um, what could define the life of our Savior any more than selfless? Even Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. See, Jesus came to give, not to get. John 10, 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. Um, the, the Lord um, didn't come to get even with people. First Peter 2, 23, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Our Lord wasn't, he didn't come to earth to get. He didn't come to earth to get even. He didn't try to pay anybody back who hurt him. The very people who crucified him, who drove the nails into his hands, the ones who mocked him and spit on him, he looked from the cross and said, Father, forgive them. That's Christ-like, and we are so self-centered and so engulfed in self-pity and self-worship, and it's disgusting, and it is a vile, filthy uh, disease being pumped into the hearts and minds of the people of America. I could go on and on, but the summary of Jesus' life is that little statement on the cross, Father, forgive them. It's pitiful how the disciples scattered when our Lord faced trouble. They ran because of selfishness. When Peter denied the Lord three times that one night, it was because of selfishness. When John Mark fled from that first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas, his uncle, Barnabas's uncle, it was selfishness. He was scared. He went home. When Satan said, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God, 
Isaiah 14, 13, that was probably the beginning of selfishness. I'm, I'm going to do what's best for me, and I'm going to be the best, and I'm going to put all my energy into me, me, me. And when the parents of the man healed of his blindness, born blind, um, they were asked, is this really your son who's born blind? And how's he made whole? And they said, well, he's of age, ask him. See, they were afraid if they said Jesus healed him, that they'd be put out of the synagogue. They're selfish. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not selfish at times and you're not selfish. I'm telling you it's wrong. I'm at, le at least we ought to acknowledge that this culture of me first is vile and it's filthy. In our world, a person can be slandered and friends scatter like roaches and the light turns on for fear of being attacked in the mess. Hey, what, what would happen if all the friends and honorable associates, when they heard slander and criticism. What if they just said, no, we're just going to keep on loving each other. We got work to do. Leave us alone. We don't care. It, it would make the slanders and accusers benign. Um, cowardice, selfishness, whatever term you want to apply to it, it is in direct conflict with loyalty, loyalty, honorable, and honorable behavior. Matthew 26, 31, Jesus said, all you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Zechariah 13, 7. Jesus knew the prophecy. He knew they were all going to leave him. You know, back in the Reformation days, um, many, many Baptists, tens of thousands, they hid in the shadows while others stood and suffered terribly. In the colonial days of America, the Protestant leaders abused Baptists so much that some Bible-believing, some were called separatists, some were called, and then some of the Quakers fell into some of this too, and not as many. But um, some simply, they, they, they sat quietly by while their friends went to jail, were beaten, and uh, saw their friends mocked. But they just said, you know what, I, uh, I can't do it. And again, I don't know what I would do if my Christian friends were being beheaded and beaten and buried alive. I hope I would stand with them. But we are we're such a selfish people, unless we fight to deny that thing, we're going to be vile um, leeches on society. I'm an American. With all of its weaknesses, I'm an American. It's the nation that has given me so much. And when it becomes popular to slander our nation, I'm not going to be on the bandwagon. Um, I will stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, and I will salute our flag, and, and I will love our country. And right now, there's a whole bunch wrong in our country, but I, I love what it was founded on, and I love that our country has done so much for the world. Well, just that same loyalty, I'm a Baptist. And as it seems fundamental, that term has become a negative term, I, I say loudly, I'm a fundamental Baptist. This October, we have a, fund, I'm a fundamentalist conference planned. Why? Why are we having the conference? Because I'm bothered by the number of people afraid to use the term. It's a good term. It's a, it's a, that's like not wanting to say, look at the rainbow in the sky because the sodomites have taken over the rainbow. No, no, that, that's still a good, that's still a sign from God to man that he's not going to flood the earth again. Now, he's going to burn it up, but he's not going to flood it again. But um, I'll go a little further. I'm a male. I'm married to a female. I read a King James Bible daily. I work for a living. I pay my bills. And in 66 years of life, I've never knowingly taken a dime of government help, not from unemployment and 
and not from anything. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do those things, but this is just who I am. I want to work. I want to pay my own way. I want to provide for myself. I am a pastor. I'm a Baptist. I'm a King James Bible believer. I'm a part of a soul-winning church, and, and I've been out knocking on doors and winning souls for these 50, 45 years. I'm not embarrassed. And when that becomes unpopular, that's just too bad. If running from these things would keep me safe, then I'm in trouble because right is right and wrong is wrong. And I'll love those people and those things that have helped guide me through the years. And if safety comes with hiding, then I think I need to try and stay at risk. Uh, selfishness will sink your ship every time. Our pastor used to quote the song, Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Um, no, I must fight if I would gain, increase my courage, Lord. Um, I'll bear the toil, endure the pain, supported by thy word. Let's just decide we're going to stand up for what's right and true and, and not be selfish. Let's just decide we can live for others, that we can walk straight and do the right thing, treat people right. And when it becomes unpopular, let's just keep doing the right thing. And if, if uh, going to church gets you in trouble, let's get in trouble. And if witnessing gets us in trouble, let's just go ahead and do it and get in trouble. Um, I want to encourage you. If you want a fulfilled life, it's not going to come by being selfish. If you want happiness, it's not going to come by it's not going to come to you by clamoring after money and power, influence. Uh, that, that's the most selfish thing. Shallow, empty. You're going to end up so you'll be like Scrooge in the Christmas Carol. But if you'll step back and say, "Let me live for others. Let me live for God, and let me live for others," you'll find fulfillment that you never dreamed you could have. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for joining us.